Hello fun people, I'm Isaac Carlson and today we're breaking down the fourth episode of WandaVision which to me continues to provide some of the most incredible storytelling I've seen out of Marvel in years. Iron Man began the MCU and Infinity War blended so many different characters and journeys into one massive story but WandaVision is building the world while getting so personal with the characters and that is perfectly shown through how this episode begins. Now instead of jumping into a sitcom like we did for the first few episodes, our typical WandaVision program is interrupted to show the woman who referred to herself as Geraldine in Wanda's world regaining life after Hulk reversed Thanos' snap, while also hearing the voices of the people closest to her. Specifically, we hear Carol Danvers. You see, Geraldine was actually Monica Rambeau, the daughter of Maria Rambeau, who was the best friend to Captain Marvel. In the comics, Monica goes on to gain superpowers that allow her to transform into any form of electromagnetic radiation after she was bombarded by extra dimensional energy. This led to her becoming a leader of the Avengers and a being recognized by the hero named Photon, Pulsar, and most recently, Spectrum. Now, initially, Monica beginning to live again is displayed as being peaceful and angelic, but as soon as she notices that her room isn't the way she remembered it, she begins to become flustered. After seeing her body be formed again, she has to hear the panic throughout the hospital she was in, which suddenly became filled with dozens of people returning. And man, to me, it was disturbing to see heroes get snapped away, but there was just something so unsettling to me seeing normal people becoming panicked by their lives suddenly returning to them after years of being gone. Ordinary people suffering, I just think, is so much more difficult to watch. Amongst this chaos, though, Monica searched for answers from someone as to what was happening since she had been napping when she initially faded away. But when she was finally able to ask a nurse who she knew knew from before the snap, she discovered that her mother had died of cancer and that she had been gone for around five years. After we are pumped up by the Marvel Studios intro theme song, we are brought to the Sentient Weapon Observation Response Division headquarters, which in the comics was a division of S.H.I.E.L.D. that focused on maintaining peace not on Earth, but instead in space, which is clearly seen to be important to the MCU sword just by all the rockets that are lined up around this facility. Within the base, though, the massive screens on the walls showed news stories about how the blip had been reversed, which was the name the public gave to Thanos' snap originally heard in Spider-Man Far From Home. They called it the blip. When Monica tries to get within S.W.O.R.D., she discovers that her access to the building has been removed in her absence, which leads to a total dick of a secretary to put her down before she meets the man she was planning to speak with. Now, on the way to the S.W.O.R.D. director's office, we see on the wall that Maria Photon Rambeau was a prominent agent within S.W.O.R.D. Director Hayward goes on to not only explain that S.W.O.R.D.'s work to get agents prepared for space has been going poorly, and they have focused on robotics, nanotech, and and artificial intelligence, very cool stuff, which were all technologies that were of importance to Tony Stark, who built weapons, designed his Iron Man armor in Infinity War to be based around nanotechnology, and he helped create AIs that became Ultron and Vision. Now, after Monaco references having allies in space, which most likely directly calls upon Captain Marvel's dedicated work to protect aliens across the universe, director Hayward explains why S.W.O.R.D. means so much to Monica. I know S.W.O.R.D.'s your home. Your mom built this place from the ground up. You grew up here. 
Now, I personally love this because now Maria Rambeau is established as pretty much a modern day Peggy Carter, who, despite her restraints during the time period that she was born within, used all of her knowledge as a soldier, a pilot, and a human who witnessed the threats beyond Earth to establish an organization to protect the planet. Now, instead of S.W.O.R.D. just being a division of S.H.I.E.L.D., S.W.O.R.D. kind of seems like a modern day reimagining of that iconic organization that not only addressed modern day threats, but was established by a modern day woman. Perfect beginning to Black History Month. Unfortunately for Monica, though, her future thinking mother believed that she would return, which meant she had protocol in place that bound Monica to Earth. That meant that she was forced to assist the FBI on a missing persons case in Westview, New Jersey, which is the town that Wanda and Vision have been shown to be living within. Therefore, we now know that Wanda isn't truly in a reality that is completely fabricated by her. It seems that she took over the town. Now, when Monica arrives at the edge of Westview, we get one of the most iconic moments and callbacks ever by Agent Wu, who originally was introduced in the MCU in Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's absolutely a subtle moment, but it killed me when I first saw it because I just rewatched that movie, and in that film, Scott Lang shows the agent who watched over his parole a very interesting trick. I learned that. How'd you do it, Scott? Do what? The car trick. So when Agent Wu does this... James E. Wu. FBI. That means that Scott inspired him to learn close-up magic. He actually did it. And if that isn't a clear enough way to establish Agent Wu as a total softy goofball, I don't know what would. After that amazing moment, Agent Wu explains that someone who is in the Witness Protection Program, we don't exactly know who, was lost within Westview, but that the officers that are communicating with him don't actually believe the town exists, and the agents feel like they can't go within it. Even when Monica flies a sword drone into the town, they have no ability to see the drone or what it is experiencing once it enters the boundary, which eventually leads to Monica inspecting the barrier until she is pulled inside. Once Monica is lost to Westview, that's when the government organizations begin to take what's happening there a lot more seriously, leading them to call upon experts from many differing fields, including one astrophysicist who I definitely wouldn't say has never gotten on my nerves, who is from the Thor films named Darcy Lewis. She had a lot of experience working with Jane Foster and Eric Selvig, who were both leading astrophysicists themselves, but now Darcy has become one of the best. At the S.W.O.R.D. response base, we quickly discover that the soldiers are continuously sending in more drones into Westview, and we find out that S.W.O.R.D., the FBI, the Army, and the Air Force are all present to figure out what is happening in that town. But this joint multi-service response wouldn't begin to truly crack what was happening until Dr. Lewis begins to see a massive amount of radiation coming from the town that she calls cosmic microwave background radiation. Now, if you've ever taken a physics or an astronomy class, you might know that this is the type of radiation that was observed, mapped, and used to further support the idea of the Big Bang Theory, that all of the universe derived from a single point and has been expanding for billions of years. Since this radiation is coming out of the town, this all implies that Wanda has created her own universe, which already has its own television broadcast. Later that day, a man is sent into the sewers to enter Westview and explore what's going on, much to Agent Wu's dismay, since the government agencies were having a lot of trouble observing anything within that town. But once Darcy figured out that they could see Wanda's television show, they finally had some insight into what was going on, no matter how confusing what they were seeing actually was. 
Now, Darcy Lewis's discovery that there was a television show taking place in Westview meant S.W.O.R.D. and the FBI could finally begin analyzing who was trapped in that alternate world. But that also began to bring up big questions like, why is there a repeated hexagonal shape throughout each of WandaVision's episodes? Now, the best idea I've seen thus far is by Jack Kendall from DSNY Newscast, who thinks the hexagons tie into the Universal Neural Teleportation Network, first seen in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and will appear in Walt Disney World's upcoming attraction, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. I think the hexagons are a way of indicating that Wanda and Vision are currently in a different reality, and that symbol will continue to be used as a way to show characters being transported across the multiverse in upcoming movies like Spider-Man 3 and Doctor Strange Madness of the Multiverse. Later on, Darcy eventually finds Monica has been integrated into Wanda world, and Agent Wu is eventually shown that one of S.W.O.R.D.'s drones has gone through a similar fate. Every moment that foreshadowed S.W.O.R.D. in Wanda's show is finally being explained in this episode. And after seeing that they were making an impact in the television show, that only encourages Agent Wu and Darcy to attempt to reach Wanda through the radios she has throughout her world. While we know that they were able to penetrate Wanda's reality and shake her to the absolute core in episode 2, in the broadcast they watched, that event was entirely skipped over, leading them to believe that their message had been lost. When the agent who was sent into Westview crossed the barrier, his hazmat suit transformed into one for a beekeeper and became lost just as I had theorized in previous breakdowns. S.W.O.R.D. was actively taking steps to try to understand what was going on with Wanda. Why does it keep switching time periods? It can't be purely for my enjoyment, can it? But of course, all of Wanda's episodes weren't enjoyed by S.W.O.R.D. agents alone, but also all of us, who were also trying to figure out what was going on in this weird situation, which of course led to the agents being just as baffled as all of us when Monaco referenced Ultron. He was killed by Ultron. While the agents weren't able to see what happened to Monica when Wanda approaches her former friend, we are eventually shown that once Wanda determined that Monica was a stranger trespassing in her world, she sent her through her home and out of her reality. And just to throw it out there, maybe her time being molded in Wanda's reality will be the cosmic event that gives her powers. While Wanda seems a little shook by what she did, by the way that she twists her arms and hands, she appears to use her powers to reverse time in a similar way to what was possible with the Time Stone to fix her home before Vision comes back in. Only when Vision enters, instead of being his normal self, he's actually in the form that Thanos left him in after the Mind Stone was ripped out of his skull. Sure, he might have communicated like he was alive, but it seemed like it might be possible that he was just an animated corpse. And after seeing that, I'm kind of convinced that Vision isn't actually alive, and just like the rest of the world, Wanda is just putting her own layer on the true reality. WandaVision, I think, is setting up Wanda to be the antagonist for the people who are trying to break Westview out of her control. She's gone through some horribly traumatic moments throughout her life, and I think those moments are what are continuing to make her push against anyone who stands in the way of her finally having a life she wants. So far on Wanda's journey, everyone who was close to her was ripped away, and 
now she doesn't want to be forced to give up on what makes her happy. I believe that's why she feels she can't leave Westview, because if she relinquishes the world she created, then Vision, her children, and her ideal life will truly be gone forever. But what did you think of this more traditional Marvel Studios episode? Fun people, make sure to subscribe and click the beautiful bell if you're new, and then click on another magical video in the description or on the screen. Finally, as always, thank you to my patrons and channel members. Thanks for watching and have a magical day.